Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we're back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Yet again, we have a legendary guest, another great thinker, another amazing human. Luke Sala is here with us today, all the way from Amsterdam. I'm very blessed and very grateful, and we're going to talk to him in just a second. But first, I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com. That's bluecobracbd.com. And there you will find Blue Cobra CBD oil, the highest quality CBD oil on the market. The highest quality, absolute highest quality. Why is that? It is because the CBD in the oil was extracted with the hit extraction method. It is a proprietary extraction method that was developed by a man named Howard Hitt, aka Big H. And this method uses no solvents, no chemicals, no gases. Actually, nothing unnatural was used in the extraction process of the CBD from the hemp that goes in this product. The product is 100% organic and is derived from 100% organic organ-grown hemp. I've seen the hemp. I've told you before I've seen the hemp. I'll tell you again I've seen the hemp. I've seen the hemp. It's amazing. It's Oregon-grown. I'm in Oregon. It's very easy for me to go check it out. And we have a Blue Cobra CBD Midnight on Earth discount code which gets you free shipping on any order. So essentially you get one bottle, 10 bottles, 100 bottles, as many bottles as you want in the continental 48 United States. I'm sorry, international listeners. This free shipping uh, promotion does not apply to you. However, that does not mean you cannot try this product. But what you should do is go to bluecobracbd.com contact Howard directly. You can email him at bluecobracbd at gmail.com or call him. His number's on the website. Call him and ask him how your country's laws correlate with his product and if you can receive it because you should get it. But everyone else here in the continental 48 states of the United States, you get free shipping. Here's the discount code. M-I-D-C-B-D. M-I-D, like midnight, C-B-D, like C-B-D. You put them together, and then you plug that in to the discount code box as you check out, and again, you get free shipping. And to add, there is a money-back guarantee. So if you're not happy with the product for some reason... It baffles me. I, I can't I can't go there with my brain because it's so good. But for some reason you don't like it, keep it. 
you get your money back. If for some reason you happen to pay shipping, you will also get your shipping money back. Maybe you're not in the Continental 48. And you can take that bottle and give it to somebody else. And they'll be asking you for that discount code or at least where to find it. This product is unlike any other CBD product out there. There's literally oceans of CBD, as much CBD as you could possibly imagine out there already, but you don't know what it's derived from. Is it coming from overseas? Is it coming from places that have ethical practices? That's something you should research if you already have CBD products. I can tell you that this CBD product is 100% ethical. I know Howard. It's about as authentic as you could possibly get. If you're looking for organic, natural, the best hemp, which for people out there that don't know, hemp is just cannabis without THC. Though there is this like minuscule amount of THC, 0.03% that's legally allowed. But it's just cannabis. So if you're into high quality cannabis, high quality cannabis oil, and everything about it being natural and organic, this is the best possible product. So please check it out. BlueCobraCBD.com. That's BlueCobraCBD.com. And when you're done with that, follow us on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow me there. And then you know when we have incredible guests, when those episodes are coming out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts, please click the button that connects us. And also the most important thing is to tell a friend. Tell someone that you know that would love to hear a conversation with Luke Sala. I know I do. You know them well. Tell them about this show, MidnightOnEarth.com. All right. Well, like I said, we have Luke Sala here, and we're going to talk to him, but I have to read his bio. In case you've never heard of him before, you have some sort of context. So here we go. Luke Sala is a physicist, an information technologist, and critical thinker. He believes that just as in the days of Canton Hume, we have to rethink everything, doubt everything, and not limit the new philosophy to critical correlations and analysis of previous thinkers. We have to start afresh. Now, hear, feel rather than know, intuit rather than deduce. He says, let's revive the intuitive wisdom we can and do access all the time. Honor the dimensions, worlds, and categories beyond the material. Luke believes the Enlightenment has, in fact, closed our eyes to the real light of a transcendent connectedness, and it's time to let go of the fetters of science. He has published many books, mostly in English, thousands of articles and columns, and produced many television programs. And, of course, he has incredible interviews, thousands of interviews on YouTube and his website, lukesala.nl will give you an overview and we'll remind you of that at the end. Thank you, Luke, for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
interesting always to hear someone else about you, huh? yeah. uh, because when you, you reflect yourself and say, uh, who am I? Yes. Um, the identity. And, and yeah, well, identity is, uh, I think the most important word or concept that at this time in, in the history of mankind, we were looking at, and um, you said I'm a physicist. Yes, I'm a physicist, but I'm also an anthropologist. I, have, uh, I did uh, business administration. I ran business and stuff like that. But as a physicist, of course, identity is a very inter- interesting concept in the, in the context of uh, quantum mechanics. Yeah? Things have no identity until they manifest. Yeah, quantum mechanics is really energy manifests in specific ranges, in specific values. Yeah, uh, like it can be one or two, but not one and a half. And that is that's the essence of quantum mechanics. But so quantum mechanics talks about the state of things between non-materialization, not manifestation, and manifestation. So. Identity is a really important concept in physics, but it is, of course, these days also very important in um, the social context, in psychology. And when we look at the crisis we are in, you could say that the world is in an identity crisis. Definitely. For sure. It seems we've lost lost touch with the identification of humans as light beings as as living energy wait a second (laughs) you made the distinction there between identity and identification identity is what you are the totalness of what you are your personality for instance is only a part of your identity because there's lots of stuff hidden that you don't know or that 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 is is hidden in your body and all that 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 defines your identity, but it's not visible in your personality. Yeah, and then the second thing is an identification. Identification is not the same as identity. Identification is identifying with something outside of you. So it's really very far removed, actually, from identity, because when you identify with something. You step away from who you are. You join a movement, Black Lives Matter, Me Too. Uh, we have all these, all these, you know, the Republic Party and that and that and that. Right. You, you join a movement. And for that, you make a compromise. Because, of course, the ideals and, 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 and the basic thoughts of, this, of a certain movement are not totally what you are. So you identify, and this this goes for everything. This goes for if you go to uh, Burning Man and you call yourself a burner, and and you dress up like a burner and you talk like a burner and and you take dope like a burner, you are you are giving up your real identity and you adapt the identity of, of a group. Now this is a very, of course, this is a very human process because when we are born. We identify with our mother. At the first, when the baby is born, and or the, when the baby is inside the mother, it thinks it is the mother. There's no difference. And then it comes out, and it's born, and 
it takes a while before the child realizes she's, she or he is different from the mother. Yeah, but this process of identification is necessary for the baby to survive because it has to drink from the mother or, or be nursed by the mother and so on. So this identification process is very important. And then later in life, we, we learn to develop what we call a personality, which means basically the defense system against the mother or against the situation when you're born and you know, very young, we talk a year, year and a half, and you develop a personality. And then you start to believe you, you are the personality. No, you're not. You have just built a personality, an identity, in response to the circumstances, which serves you well through life, hopefully. Yeah, because that's, that's your basic formation. The problem is these days that in life, we, we face traumas. And I must say, due to the, to the birthing process, the incidents of um, cesarean births, the, the bad situations, the, the stress and so on, uh, in the West, people do develop more than in the East or in what we could call primitive or more traditional societies. We develop new personalities because of traumatic experiences. So something happens, you can't handle it. You, what you call in, 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 in psychology, you dissociate and you split off a new personality. And that becomes a personality in yours, what we could call the identity matrix. So to sum this up, you have an original, an original soul, an original purpose in life, a, a, an original thing. That's how you came here. Then you built up this first personality. And then most people in the West build up secondary or third personalities that, that uh, later in life, might manifest or might not manifest. And this is what I, I write about in my books about identity, is how this process of building identities, or rather splitting off identities, is very, very common and, and, and really a, a mark of our Western thinking, where trauma and competition has overtaken the feeling of togetherness, cohesion, uh, bonding that still exists in, in more traditional societies is western culture over identifying currently are, are we currently in a state of so yes, much confusion yes we are, yes, we are there is identification with two small things like in the old days you would identify with your faith yes you would be catholic or whatever right and that was it yeah and and you would go to church in, on sunday and you would see the, the beautiful music or hear the music and the colors and stuff like that, which in the Middle Ages was, was amazing for the people. Um, Huxley writes about that in, in those perception, how, how those people never saw colors, in, even in clothes, except, you know, the very natural colors. But the bright colors were only for the priests and for the, yeah, the kings and the, the barons and whatever. And they would come into the church and there was light and there was there was smells and there was music. It was an amazing scene for them. It was a, a, a little bit of a virtual reality that really 
changed their life. I never thought of it that yeah. way. That's amazing. And, well, the, 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 you see, we with the reality we live in defines also our identity. We are what we see. And this brings us like on, on a very uh, current topic. Uh, Facebook, which is now called Meta, talks about the metaverse. And that's such an interesting idea because it's false. Right. The, the comments on it were, oh, you know, it's virtual reality, augmented reality. It's, it's, it's wonderful and Facebook will make it big. Well, I wrote the first book on virtual reality in Dutch in 1990 with people like Don Perry Barlow and Tim Leary and Daryl Lanier. Yeah, the very first book on virtual reality. It was the first book in the world right. on virtual reality. And uh, we then kind of predicted what would happen and that it would be a psychological issue that virtual reality has to do with our identity. We, we create a reality or we operate in a reality which is not us. Yes, and, and it becomes an identification, like second life. And then what happened is the first wave of virtual reality died because of the epileptic uh, attacks on, on in, with, with, with young children. Then uh, Oculus came and the focus was on using it for psychological purposes like fighting phobias and stuff like that which we predicted in the, that book in 1990. Uh, so, so it's kind of, you know, uh, understandable, but we, we then, or I said, it will not fly as a general thing because it's too much invasive. Yeah, they call it immersive, but it means invasive on who we are. And now there is this, and, 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 and the metaverse. And the press sees it as a technological advance. It is going to happen and they have the money. Oh, 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 it will fail. And it will fail because they forgot about the human mind, the psychology, psychology the impact on your identity. Living in a virtual environment, in a fake environment, will eventually attack your sense of identity. Right, and that we see all around us. We now live in in a in a COVID uh, Corona kind of environment. It attacks your identity. You don't know who you are anymore. You are pro or anti-vaccine, whatever. But it has changed your identity, and this is what will happen with this metaverse. It will become such an important psychological factor that it will be either forbidden or you know, will just not fly. And of course, there will be little niches in the, in the market uh, where, where it just work medical or education or this or games. Uh -huh. um, but it will not fly, as they say, because their focus is, is technical. Oh, we can make it so it has to fly. Like to say, what we can think of, we must push into the market. That's market push and not demand pool. But okay, this is just because the, over the past weeks, this, I heard all the people saying, oh, great, great, great. And well, the virtual reality that they're talking about is nothing but second life in a, in a higher um, 
like like in a higher uh, resolution, more pixels and, and more interaction. Right. So and it's missing the spiritual component it. as well. There's nothing feeding the spirit yeah, in that exactly virtual reality. That. Yes, but people have three, we live in three worlds. We live in the external world, which also includes our body because we can touch it and feel it. There is the inner world, what you think, but there is a third world. Let's call it other world or the spiritual world or who cares? But we live in three worlds and those three worlds in us need to be balanced. And when people talk about karma, they don't understand that karma really is the balancing mechanism between those three worlds. What you do in one of the worlds, say in, in, in the practical material world, will have an effect on your mind, but it also will have an effect on the other worlds. And there will mechanisms, there are mechanisms to kind of balance it. Correcting yeah. mechanisms, so, I could say. Yeah, like correction, yeah. Going back to the homeostasis, uh, to the, the balance in the whole thing. So, uh, as they say in magic or whatever, in, in common say, what you do comes back, yes. And, and, and that's what we see not only in, in a person, but in the world. And at the moment we have this corona crisis, and, and you could say, yes, what we see now is a karmic, yeah, how do you say, rebalancing process, mechanism, because uh, we humans have not been very nice to the world, so to speak. Yeah, and so it comes back. And how it comes exactly back, Yes, well, uh, maybe somewhere, somewhere, someone, you know, tipped off a little vial with, with the virus from a, from a laboratory bench. But that's not, that's not the issue. The issue is that it had to happen. And magic never works, and, and, and we talk about magic. Magic never works like immediately. When I say, uh, I'm going to make you rich, yes? I'm a magician and I'm going to make you rich. Do you think that there is suddenly a heap of money on your desk? Or, or gold or stuff like that? No. It's an activation of a process. No, what, what happens is that probably next week or tomorrow, you get a letter from the IRS and say, oh, in 2018, we made a mistake in your accounts and uh, here's $35,000 on your accounts. Yes? That's the way magic works. Right. So there is kind yeah. of that opening, the cause and effect. And right now we're dealing with the cause and effect of our collective actions. Yes. The earth are turning our back on true spirituality. All of these things we've done as humans has created a situation. And like you're saying, it doesn't matter if it was human intention. Maybe it was a bioweapon, which I think it is, but you know, maybe it was a bioweapon, but that doesn't matter because the, there was an attractive that the, force. The bioweapon was part of the, of the magical process. Right. That we're, there's too many of us and we have fucked up, excuse the word, <laughs> uh, we have spoiled the, 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 the world. And, the, the, um, and you have to understand that life, life is a very important something on this earth. And, and that means DNA is important. And the DNA protects itself. And just to, to 
to give you some of these weird ideas I have, I, I, I even say <laughs> we human beings are nothing but the mules, the mules of the DNA in our guts. I've thought that too myself, Luke. Yes, we are the mules. We are carrying what is in what do we call the gut biome. There's twenty five hundred million uh, different DNA strands. Twenty five trillion little animals there bacteria virus or whatever and we are carrying them carrying them and we are the best mules because we can live everywhere human beings can live in the on the on the north pole and the south pole and and everywhere so we're the most flexible carriers of that what makes this world kind of develop and which is dna and our human dna is only forty thousand strands it's a very limited sets really then why is it so valuable that we need to protect it so much that this species of these humans itself it protects itself but what about human consciousness how does that come into play with just this kind of static protection well then the question what what what, we come even into further weird ideas is we love is weird thinking. ideas i love weird ideas bring more weird ideas okay, please <laughs> okay what is thinking now people think that if they look at your brain and this is really like the whole science um oh, mre scans from the brain and this and that and that now i've worked with those scans and different scans since the 80s and, and we experimented with it and we had brain machines and stuff like that and we looked at the brain waves and at a certain moment I realized, wait a moment the brain is a tuner you understand what a radio tuner is yeah, a radio program tuner yes, or a television definitely. tuner it is, it is the, the device that connects to something out there stores it a, a little bit and makes it visible or audible so our brain is the tuner to tune in what is out there and what is out there is everything and it's it's you can call it cold consciousness you can call it god you can call it love you can call it chi you can call it akashic records but it's there so for some reason our brain picks up frequencies there and how does it do that by shifting dna we talk about junk DNA, you know, like uh, 95% they don't know what it is. But I think this junk DNA is exactly shifting. And I give you an argument for that. Okay. Um, you, you know a lot of things, but you forget them. When I come to the States, and I usually go to San Francisco, and when I'm there, when I land, I suddenly know, oh, that's the 105 and the 220 and this and that. I know all the, the roads, and I like the city of San Francisco, the roadmap pops back in my mind. Yeah. And it takes about a minute. And when I ask you to think about the house of your mother or the, the, your father or the roof color or whatever, it takes about a few seconds up to a minute, but then this image comes to you and you remember, Oh yeah, it was like that. And then, ah, what means it is not an electric process. It is, a process, a biochemical process, DNA, kind of kind of shifting and, and, and tuning, tuning to that image of the house. For me, tuning to that image of San Francisco. Yeah. So your memory, apart from the short-term memory that you need to just walk and do things, automatic things, 
So I think the memory is really out there. And our brain is a tumor. And that's why brain research, as it's done now, for me, is totally worthless. Yes? Right. Well, well, so, yeah, you know how the tumor works. So what? <laughs> yeah. But, but this is not what, what science believes. But the, the arguments are really, are really there because there's enough people who have seen the future or the past or they get messages. Right. Yeah. Yes, there is a mind outside of the mind. You think of remote viewing. You think of these various uh, practices where you can. I'll give you an example. Okay. I'll give you an example. On, on the 18th of February, when the Corona thing, uh, 2020, when the Corona thing happened, and uh, of course I live in a country where things are a little bit easy, so I have access to what I call Albert Hoffman's uh, <laughs> little secret. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we know all about Amsterdam. Worldwide, we know about Amsterdam. It's very free. We love Amsterdam. And of course, I worked with, with Leary and Terence and I knew Shugin and was friends with, with Albert Hoffman. So I know all these people. And anyway, I'm, I'm doing that. And then a word comes to me. And the word is enterococcus facium. Mention this last thing, facium. Not facialium, but facium. Okay. And I don't know what the fuck it is. But the word comes and I write it down. A few weeks later, I find scientific quotes for that. It's a bacteria in your, in your guts, which has been used by veterinarians to, to protect herds like, like cows or whatever, uh, chickens, from coronavirus attacks. So somewhere from the universe, I was told what the solution is, what the prophylaxis, it's the official word for it is, enterococcus facium. And then I started studying how the, how the guts are important. Uh, as I just told you, I think we are just one big, we have a big mass in our, in our guts where we, yeah, that's what we protect. Right. But this specific bacteria, which you can get in the shops by what they call probiotics, probiotics yes, in yes. English, probiotics are here. Uh, but this specific one takes care of your immune system. And there's enough scientific proof. Only the article that describes it in 2013 was read by, I think, 31 people. Oh, my God. Although it mentions the word corona, yeah? And this knowledge has not been, and I've, I've put it out in books and articles. I put it, you can, you can check it on my, uh, on my writings in uh, academia.edu with the date, which was February 2020. And they said, we should look into this. And nothing has happened. Yes. Yeah, so you got that so, download. You got that information. Yes. So how is that possible? How, how does this work? It means that something in me connected to something out there. I tuned in. And yes, the help of these psychedelic uh, substances does open you up to think beyond time and space and things like that. It, it gives you access to a cache, as you said. 
Right. Yes, I think that anyone that's had a psychedelic experience has had some form of download experience where they've received some information from outside of time. I know I have in several psychedelic experiences I've had in my life where you can perceive something, you think about something, and then it happens you know, later that day or maybe the next day. But somehow... Yes, yes. You beyond can, time and space. Right. Beyond time and space. But I have to ask you, Luke, and, and I'm sorry, with your bacteria, yeah. though, that you found, I mean, it seems like that's an important discovery, important, uh, you know. I think it's vitally important because you can, you can buy the little probiotics from a shop. You throw it in the water, you, you know, like 35 degrees or whatever you are, 100 degrees in your world. Um, you, you add uh, a little honey maybe a little salt and then the bucket after a week is full of this bacteria. You can hand them out. Oh People God. drink it and it would cure them. It would give them prophylaxis. Of course, not everybody because if your, if your system is fucked up, yes, the, because the bacteria are no good. Yes. Then this might not, I would say, find a place. And that's why for instance, in America, where the use of, of uh, antibiotics is far more widespread than, for instance, in Europe. The number of people who are susceptible to COVID and might die or have died, that's largely due to their, to their biome, to their gut biome not being in order because all the antibiotics. Yeah, it's destroyed. Their gut biome is destroyed. Yes, so you are basically less healthy, less immune. Added to that comes what we call psychological immunity. And this is a rather new concept that you are immune to something. But uh, of course, we know that because you can give people fake pills, you know, and, and, and do tests with them. And then 50% of them believe they're real, yeah? <laughs> the placebo, yes. So that, of course. Yeah, but see, but that's called the, the psychological immunity, uh, and the psychological immunity is is attacked by things like fear, yeah, and stress, and uh, competition. Oh my God! And having to do, and again in America or in the Western world, there's much more of that. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not defending like the class system in India, but ever but people there they, they grow up, they know their place in, 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 in they they have uh, a community, the, the, there's cohesion, there's bonding. Yeah. And of course there's always some who are looking for the freedom and, and the individuality. But there so there the stuff doesn't hit so fast. And they're or so intense or so Yeah, and they're very open to other treatments in America. Uh, any oh, treatment yes. that has treated coronavirus that has shown benefit that's not from the pharmaceutical companies have been uh, discredited and... Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's because of the context. Yeah, like... Uh, you, uh, you might have heard... No, no, you, you might have heard that in Europe, um, the, the, the Europe Parliament finally asked for the contracts between, uh, in this case, Pfizer and the governments. Yes, I heard about that. It was totally secret and could not be open. Part of the contract was that because of the vaccine would be experimental and if a medication can only be an experimental if there is no alternative, if there's no known yes. treatment, 
Correct. All the known movements had to be, let's call it, blocked. Yes. Yes? And that's exactly what had happened. All the governments signed that they should not use hydrochlorine, uh, cocaine, uh, whatever, uh, RQL. Uh, the ivermectin. Uh, they said no ivermectin. And so on and so on. Yes. And I, I approached the health authorities in Holland with my ID uh, about this, this, this uh, probiotic, this enterococcus facium, and they wouldn't even listen to me. And now I know that, that if you talk about a conspiracy, there was a conspiracy. The yes. governments are guilty of mass murder. It's, it's, it's something that we haven't experienced with the modern mind. This, this genocidal situation where people are, uh, on a global scale, they're putting money well, and profit it's before... Well, get genocide. Come on, come on. It's not get genocide. We're talking about uh, how many people died now? Five million in total. All the total population, that's not genocide. Oh, uh, no, not the, in, uh, what they're doing. It, it, is, it is criminal, and it, is, it, it was, was intended to make money, okay. but it's, it, I don't think it is intended to be genocide. The real problem now comes because the vaccines are not effective, and there is what we call the vaccination damage. The people who are being vaccinated, they get sick, they die, and this is becoming clear more clear and clear and clear uh when biden said you know the pandemic is the is the, the, the is due to the non-vaccinated <laughs> i know that's two plus two equals five is what i heard <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, and we know it's slowly becoming known and um yeah we see that no the real problem is going to be i fear that once this gets known the vaccinated will get really mad and they will, you know, hit whatever they can. They'll blame the non-vaccinated. Yes. And then the big killing will stop. Because that's when they have to double down like a gambler. You you can't just admit that you made a mistake. You then have to put more money down. Yes. You know, and that's what they're yes. doing energetically, yes. spiritually. They're doubling down because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's too scary. To yeah, yeah. What, what happens is that the cognitive the cognitive dissonance that was there, like like I am sick and you give me solution, has turned in a what we call cognitive or what I call cognitive resonance. That there's only that truth. If you drive a Volvo or you buy a Volvo, you see only Volvo. You believe Volvos are the best cars, yeah. That is that is cognitive resonance. You you are locked into that thinking. And you can't get out of it. And this is exactly what happened. And let's go to a wider frame. This is exactly what happened with science. And what happened before with religion. People got locked into the Catholic faith or the animistic faith or whatever. They got locked into it and they, they can't get out of it. There's only one truth left and that's that truth. Whether it's real or not, doesn't matter. It's their truth. But and Luke, now we have science. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, Luke, but do you think that depopulation is part of the agenda or is not part of the agenda with this certain situation? <laughs> it's, I don't think, I don't believe that people like Bill Gates, who have known when he was young and I, I drinks with him and I talked to him many, many times. I've met him many, many times. And he's a naive 
guy trying to still please his mother and 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 the good guy, yes, that he had the the notion that he had a plan. No, I don't believe that. He's too naive. He's too simple for that. Yeah, like like a guy who's a millionaire who fools around with his personnel. Yeah, which has now come out. That's not very smart. Yeah. But is he one piece of a bigger puzzle, a bigger cabal, a bigger group of, of individuals? No, yeah, I think the puzzle is this. It's the karmic process. Ah. And of course there are, as, as, as John Perry Barlow called them, there are, 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 are actual mini conspiracies or what you call auto conspiracies. People sit together, they have a plan and do it and they create a company or this or that and that. So the whole Davos crowd and so on definitely have bad ideas but is there you see they are a result they're not a cause the cause lies in this karmic process and and it will find ways and use people and use those what we now think are conspiracies but let me give another example there okay you know the occupy movement from a few years ago Okay, and people were blaming the banks. Yeah, really, oh, the banks are so bad. And <laughs> the 1%, this mythical 1%. I still never really yeah, understood yeah, that. They didn't Do you know why the banks develop all those programs and, and the complicated uh, financial products? Because we asked for them. We wanted a second car, a third wife, a new boat, a pension fund, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever. We went to the banks and asked for them to come up with solutions. And guess what? They did it. Yeah, they came up with very complex and even more complex. And then the whole thing, you know, fell apart. But it's us. It's our greed, our fear. Because fear leads to greed. Right. Insecurity leads to fear, leads to greed. And it leads to, so we ask the banks to do this. And so pointing them, (laughs) yes, you're right. And if we want to change the world, we have to start with with ourselves. Consciousness starts with you. You live in your world that you created. Yeah, your face in German it's called das Gesicht is what what you see around it around you you're in, in, in Eastern language it says thou art that it's not that you're God no you are what you see around you all your friends all your whatever you experience whatever you stored in your memory banks and in your tuning yeah that's you that's your identity. And then we are back to where we started. Right. Well, how do we then Luke, you're, this is such an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for doing this. I just appreciate talking to someone like you with so much history, with such a quality thinking mind, but where, oh, yeah, yeah. how do we get to a United earth though? I mean, I think that that's the dream of all loving humans of all conscious individuals that we live in a place without conflict, without live, strife. If you, take, if you take enough LSD or whatever, Iboga, uh, yes. ayahuasca, whatever, you can feel it. You get I to go there. Yeah, you get to go there for yeah, a minute. You come to one conclusion all the time, and it is everything is perfect. Yes. 
So you live in a perfect world and you don't see it. Whatever happens to you personally or happens to the world is a lesson. You're here, you came to this earth, if that's what I believe, to learn something. So you're born with parents and you're born with a situation, you're born with the trauma that comes with that because those parents had those traumas, so they pass them on and so on and so on. You come here with a purpose. And you, you follow that purpose. And, and to, to come to a higher level of consciousness, you have to learn the lessons. So life is perfect. Now, I know it's, it's, a, it's a cheap statement in a way. Because to live that is very hard. Yes. And I've met a few people that, that, that learn to live that, to, 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 to embody that, to, to be at ease with themselves, but very rare. And I've, I, I, I have, I've, I've interviewed and met hundreds and hundreds of gurus and holy people and whatever. Very few came to this point where they say everything is perfect. Yes, and it's not nice. It's not nice. If God exists, and God is just a name, it's just a concept, but if the universe, all consciousness exists, it's first split, so to speak, it's first dichotomy is in two ways. There is love and there is truth. And this world that we experience is a way to see that love and truth are the same, because they're God, or this whole consciousness. But if there was only love, we wouldn't die. If there was only love, there would be no misery. So why is there misery? Because this reality is the shadow of the love of God or love of the love of the universe or the purpose of the universe, whatever you call. So whatever happens to you, accept it as a lesson. And these are not easy lessons. This Corona thing is terrible. Yeah. Yes. But uh, yes. But so it's our life. I mean, we all die, and 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 these are opportunities to overcome the limitations that that we have to overcome. But uh, you know, and how how do we progress? I don't know. But Maybe is, I progress a little. Is there a roadmap, though, Luke? Is there a potential? I mean, can we achieve that? Yes, yes, because in your soul, this roadmap is there. Ah. But you have to go to that level and you have to learn why you defend yourself against your mother. And of course, this happened because your mother wasn't giving you the feed or the, or the breast or, the, or the, the warmth or whatever. So you defended, so you built up a personality. You learn to smile and to do this and that and that to get what you want. But beyond there, there is some inner beauty in everybody, in everybody. And not everyone, only in you, in every animal, in every stone, in everything. Yeah, so this is, this is, yeah, it's a spiritual lesson, sorry. Yeah, no, but for scientists. But at one point in our history, we will be in a place with advanced technology, advanced spirituality, where we've figured these problems out. It seems that... What do you say? Advanced technology? Well, as part of it, yes. Do we, have, do, we, do we have advanced technology? Do you think artificial intelligence is advanced technology? Ignoring feelings? Ignoring uh, spirituality? 
No. That- I, I think AI is, is like, uh, uh, I once interviewed Ray Kurzweil and understood the man is much deeper than we think. And that this whole singularity thing is like, it's not really all he, I think he's more magical than we think and what I experienced from him. But anyway, all this AI, now think about Facebook. Okay. They claim to have the best bloody um, algorithm, yeah, <laughs> to find out what you need. And even today, in 2021, 90% of the shit that I get called advertisement, yes, is not appropriate. It's irritating. Maybe you, you have a better experience, but most of the stuff I get is bad. I've been to Paris, whatever, two years ago or a week ago. And I will be, you know, sent messages from hotels in Paris or whatever for the next six months. Irrelevant. So what they call AI is just amateurish shit. Yes, it's at its very yeah. beginning. Yeah, but seemingly they don't get very much further, yes? Because now... Uh, Facebook is walking into this trap of, of materialism where they can get out and the people starting to, to say it's not an ethical company and so on and so on. And then they have to come up with the metaphors as a, you know, as a diversion to take yeah. attention off the problems. Yeah, it's a new company. It's not Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they say it's not it correct. Google before and, and <laughs> so these, these so-called uh, interesting, uh, events, so to speak, and, and, and this progress. When I look at science and I look a lot at, at dissertation that I work with, uh, with uh, Stan Krippner, who is a professor uh, in, in, in California, and he sends me dissertations and asks me opinions about it. And I'm amazed how shallow, how cut and paste the scientific work today is. But the same goes for the music. The same goes for for art. We're copying and pasting. Yeah, I'm living in Amsterdam, where we just opened the Holocaust Museum uh, monument, which is just a facsimile franchise from what is in Berlin. Ah. We have the Hermitage, which is a museum, which is is a a franchise from the one in 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 Russia, in Saint Petersburg. So our, our society is, is, is just flattening out. And now we come to one of the things I really care about, and it is the entropic quality or the entropic nature of cyberspace. Cyberspace flattens. And the word I use here is this, a bit is only information if it bites. I repeat that. A bit is only information if it bites. Yes, please explain. Yeah, we basically say when there is lots of noise, lots of data, and it doesn't hit you, there's no information. So all these franchises, all these, all these, the same shops, the same, yeah. So, and this was the discussion I had with, with John Perry Barlow, who later founded the Electronic Frontier Foundation. And this goes back to the days of Mondo 2000, out of which came Wired and 
I was part of that Mondo crowd. Right. Uh, and in those days, that was a discussion between will cyberspace be a democratic evolution or will it be another tool for controllers? And of course, Barlow, with his declaration of cyberspace independence, believed it would be great. And But when he died, he died a few years ago, uh, and we talked. The reality was cyberspace became a control mechanism. It became a, a flattener. It flattens the cultural differences. It flattens the, the diversity. And we know biodiversity. And again, what you... What you carry in your stum- stomach is billions of biodiverse animals, viruses, bacteria, whatever, whatever, yeah, yes. is essential. So if we, if we limit the diversity in culture, in, in, in languages, in, in whatever, and that's exactly what the internet does where everybody speaks either Chinese or, or, or English, yeah, we're going towards like a single flattened, and there's the word, entropic state. Yeah, homogenous. Entropy. What? A homogenous. Sorry? Like very homogenous. Like yes, just- well, uh, entropy means that if you have hot and cold, it will tend towards, you know, the average temperature. Yeah. <laughs> so just very that is what base, baseline. baseline. Means, yeah. Entropy is, means anti-information. Yeah. It eats away the information. Information is anti-entropic. And that's the whole story that, that there is the entropic tendencies in nature and there's the anti-entropic. And the anti-entropic is information is Consciousness is growing, is changing, is, is adapting to the situation. So entropy is, is if, if we do nothing in so many billion years, we all be flat nothing, starseed. <laughs> well, was that disappointing for you and John Barlow as pioneers of thinking about virtual reality because it was democratic and open and this kind of wild west at first. No, no, it was great. I mean, the, the, the magazine Wired happened in my, was, was conceptualized in, in my back garden at a party in Hilverson where, where there were all those people, uh, Ted Nelson, whatever. It was a, a great way to communicate my, my discussions with Barlow. We turned in this book about virtual reality. Were, 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 were very, very uh, fruitful. There was diversity. So what? We didn't agree. We don't have to agree. <laughs> but out of that disagreement, you know, this is the, 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 the real uh, going back to, uh, to the, the idea of, you know, thesis, synthesis, and thesis, and anti-thesis, and then synthesis, yeah? Yes. And uh, that's a fundamental philosophical concepts that you can see everywhere. So there's nothing wrong with, with, with not, not being the same. So do you oh think God, if, if everyone was the same, that would be a boring world. Yeah. Do you think the internet right now is the antithesis of where it should have been? Or is there still some no, freedom the, in the, the internet? The, the internet is a culmination of the externalization of our inner world 
And yeah, I have to quote Terence McKenna, who was a, quite a name in the, in the psychedelic world, um, who, who saw, you know, movements and, and, and progressions and stuff like that. Yes, we had his and brother said, on the we, show recently. You, you, yeah, well, David, is, his brother is just trying to emulate him, so I, I'm not very uh, impressed by the other. <laughs> yeah, but Terence, I, I traveled with Terence, and he was amazing, and he was egocentric, and he was not so nice at times, but at least he had original ideas. But he said, from the, from the days that we were living, like, in the, in the jungle, in groups, then we started to to record things. We started to make stories, and the stuff in our mind was externalized. And then we started to scribble on the walls of our grottos. And then later on, we started to learn to write. And then we made movies, and then we made virtual reality. And that is even more and more externalizing that what is inside of us. And what he said is we lose in contact with that intuitive part of us, that soul. And he believes psychedelics were a way to to readdress that capability. So could you say that that is a cause and effect as well? Like we're going down a road where we're being detached from spirit and the spiritual as- aspects of ourselves and the effect of that, the correction would be these. Yeah, but then, that, that means you live. Yeah. But then all these thinking is still based on a plus B is C causality, but causality is of course related to time. A leads to B leads to C. Yeah. Now, if you take time out of the whole, of the whole equation, you can have retro causality. The future influences the present or even the past. And that's exactly what we happen now. We live in a world and you live in a world where your future decides what you do. 80 to 90% of your energy, your brain energy goes to try to predict what I have to do tomorrow to be safe, to make money, to have a job, to where do I go? How do I book the planes and so on? Yes, your energy goes towards the future. So your future influences your present. And I'm not, I don't want to quote my friend Ram Das or whatever, you know, be here now and stuff like that. But that's really true. Yeah. Be here now and, and forget about the future and the past. Right. Yeah, we do talk about that with our guests. That's something that comes up quite a bit. And of course, we love Ramdas wherever he is now. And yes, the, the now is the focus point of all time. The past, the present, the future. It's really just this moment. And it's almost yes, like it's just this moment. It's like energetic leaking when you you're leaking energy into a place yeah, yeah, yeah. that may not exist. Uh, you know the work of Philip uh, Simbardo, who who looked at in how people um, are influenced by their past or by the present or by the future, and he said it's the best is that if you live in the present, but have a little, of course, look, look a little bit at the future and learn a little bit from the past, but basically live now, because the rest is illusion, and then the concept of causality and the ratio causality is not so important. And again, I come back to the physics. In quantum physics, we now know that some processes, they go against the clock. They go the other way. 
Right. Yeah, uh, that is to say, there is no other explanation than to assume that time runs back. As I always say, there is a time that only goes in one direction, and there is a magical time that goes in both directions. Yes, maybe there's a third time. There's no time. Can you tell me more about the magical time? That's something I read about uh, in your writings. Could you please elaborate on that a little bit more? Well, if there is this dimension of time where you can go back, then uh, where where it doesn't matter, you can go forward and, and back. And you can access that and you can do that with psychedelics or, or yoga or standing on your head or freezing your ass off in the, in the Hof method, you know, many, many ways. Go Mount Everest, whatever. Traditional ways to do that and modern ways to do it. Maybe brain uh, stimulation. I don't know. There's many ways. But if you do that, you can live outside of time. And you know the stories that you might have experienced that you're in bed and suddenly you see you get out of the bed and you can move around your spiritual body or your etheric body can go and see places and stuff like that. Yes. So there is a state of mind where we can get there. Now, how do we achieve that state of, of, of mind? We can do it by pure power of the mind or we can use rituals or tools or substances. And, and rituals usually use uh, music, they use uh, positioning, they use uh, substances, they use uh, the collective feeling. They use all kinds of tools to bring you there. So the purpose of a ritual really is to bring transformation by allowing access to this other world. And of course, after a while, people forget it. You go to mass, and the mass is just a, 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 you know, a, me- a mechanical thing. The ritual became empty. But a real ritual will transform you, will allow transformation, allow access to the space where time and, and, and space don't matter. So this, and you have to do it in as many So this yeah. magical time is activated, is a process of rituals. Like you participate in these rituals. And well, that, a ritual is a tool yes. to get there. Right. And you're yes. saying psychedelics can be taken in a ritual way. Yeah, but it's, it starts simply by, by prayer. You know, people talk about magic and they don't realize that the first stage in magic for most people is praying. Mm. Right. You pray to the Lord or you pray to whoever and you ask for something and you want things changed. You want mind over matter. You want, you want to, to distort or change the order of things. Yeah, which means you're you're interfering with the normal timelines. You want someone some some someone to cure it or healed or whatever. Yeah, so praying is a very important magical tool, and and that's why I write books about uh, PTSD and, and 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 how to treat it and how to do that. And then the first chapter is always prayer. Yeah, any therapy should start with that, and it's ignored. You 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 can find any book on on mental illnesses. Yeah, but the, the idea of prayer is never mentioned, and it's the first step. 
Yeah. It's a very logical step. It's focusing that spiritual energy and your mind energy on a point. But look, is there anywhere in Western culture where these rituals show up that can allow us to access magical time, not just the rituals of our churches or anything like that. For me, I think of concerts like with bands like the Grateful Dead or these psychedelic bands that encourage psychedelic use as part of attending the concert and, and being with the group. But are there <laughs> any, other- you mentioned, oh, go ahead. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the Grateful Dead because Tom Perry Brown was also a, a, of course. a songwriter and he took me to these Christmas events, you know, somewhere in the, what, what is it? Near San Francisco, um, 60,000 people, 80,000 people. And uh, there's one guy playing the, Father Christmas or whatever, so I remember that. But uh, yes, I uh, yes. Um, I wrote a book about festivalization, where I say that in this w- increasingly virtual world of digital communication, we need a physical contact. Yeah, and that's why festivals are so popular, and why now, now that they're forbidden, people are screaming out that ah, we want to go to festival, we want to go to festival, we miss it. Yes. And why do they miss it? Because physical contact is so important. People don't understand what human beings really are. We are animals. And we have ears and we have eyes and we can want to touch. But we have one set of uh, talents, and which I call the emotion ears, which are your adrenals. And they come from the, our days as animals, or animals have them too, because they have to know what other animals or what situations are, so they have to, to be you know, sensitive to the emotions of others. And that's what your adrenals do. Yeah, they, 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 they're essential in fight or flight or freeze and, 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 and agency and, and acting in the world. And many people have problems with that because of our modern society or our, our you know, impossibility to be aggressive, to, to, to express yourself and so on. So they have adrenal uh, disbalance or, or dysfunction. But your emotion ears and the funny thing is, look, if you look at a picture of how a human uh, body looks, you, you'll see they are like ears on top of your renals, yeah? Of your kidneys. Really? And, and, and so a festivalization, festivalization and there's a book for, about it on, on academia.edu that people can download, but it's an essential thing. And, and, and that's not covered by, by artificial intelligence and, and, and uh, Oculus VR things and whatever. Yes, Being with a person in touch with them is so important, and we know it. Children that are not touched will die. Yes, and there's something about being with that many people with the the energy fields, the the true human energy fields. They need to interact. We need to connect. We need to bounce our energies off each other, love each other, have these ecstatic experiences with music, communal ecstatic experiences. Well, not only love each other, but but also fight each other. Yes. I mean, the, the psychological effect of war, of course, you can say it is very bad, but in history... Wars have been moments where people in themselves find their true ident- uh, identity, their true power. Yeah, de Jardin, or whatever, the, the people that died in the French, Saint-Exupéry, yeah? uh, they found themselves in that war. Sometimes we need struggle. 
the Bhagavad Gita, you know, this yes. old Indian story talks about uh, how Arjuna is fighting his nephews and whatever. And that at a certain moment, he's in the battlefield and then his driver, Krishna, reveals himself and tells him that, yes, it's ridiculous, this war that you have, but you're in it. Fight it, but don't identify with it. Yes, fight what you have to do. If you get out of your door and there is a, a beggar, you have to give him something. And if you're going out of the door and you see something bad happening, you have to act. Yeah, but you don't identify with it. Yeah, don't become that story. Don't become the story of the war. Yeah, understand, yes, this is your space in time and, and you have to do the fighting. And for many of us at the moment, it is this fighting about consciousness and about freedom and about individuality that we have to fight. But don't identify it because then you will see your opponents, maybe the vaxxed people or the non-vaxxed people, doesn't matter, as enemies forever. <sighs> and that's not the way we, we, we can solve this problem. No, there's that, that will never solve the problem. Well, that will never. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the problem will be solved if, if, if people understand why this is happening, that there is a, a broader perspective. And then wouldn't that lend itself to the understanding that in a way, this dimension is an illusion. Like you said, we're here to learn and all of these processes in a place where everything is perfect from that divine sense, the gurus, Neem Karoli, you know, everything is perfect. It, that would include the wars, the strife, the struggles that we are going through yes, right now. Because, because that's part of, of the learning process. Yes. Yeah. The diversity, you out of diversity, I, I made a curve there. I call it the diversity effect curve. Just, it's just a, a very simple curve. You know, you go up and there's a, there's a peak and then it goes down and it ends in chaos. We need a certain amount of diversity to, to be positive. If you have a population and everybody is the same, like oh, even in the school, nobody learns anything, but you need a, you know, a little bit difference. But if there's too much difference, then things become chaotic. And that, that curve should be understood how, how you need, how you need the two sides of the medallion, which is permanence and on the other side there is flux yeah permanence means the female the flux means the male the chains yeah how to adapt while the other side the female side is the protective the the social and it was already plato who in his image of the of the two horses the two winged horses that was a black horse and, and a black and a white horse and the white horse was the, 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 the nice horse, you know, the obedient one. And the black horse was the creative one, the wild one. And in his image, he shows that the, the, the guy who's guiding the two horses has to guide them both. They're not opposites. Yeah? Security is not in opposition with freedom. We, we need them both. Right. And that's what you see now in the government taking away that that uh, freedom and saying, oh, we give you security. No, they take away the freedom and they take away the security. 
<laughs> well, that's pretty obvious. But Luke, do you think it's possible that we can evolve as all, as humans that even though that law is in place of polarities with the light and the dark, the yin and the yang, is it possible as humans to evolve to a higher octave? So even though the law of, you know, dark and light, I, I hope so. I hope so. Like that law. I hope can so, but we have to, yeah, yeah, but, but we have to realize that maybe it's all about consciousness and not about humans. I mean, you know, the story, I mean, there's a lot of story here, which I share with the anthroposophists, and that is that the, the apes, we don't come from the apes. The apes come from us. Yes, that was another interesting thing that you wrote about. Yes, the apes are degenerated humans. And, and uh, this is not even my theory. It's, it's been written about, and as I say, the anthroposophic movement sees that. And it's so logical how human beings who lost the power of fire and were therefore obliged to start eating raw food. Yeah. Uh, they, they developed bigger muscles in the, in the, in their jaws. The energy that went to the brain went to the jaws. Their tummy became very bigger. And, and what do you see? An orangutan, a, a gorilla. Yeah. Uh, Apes are degenerated humans. The humans were there long, long, long before there were apes. Yes, we did talk about that with Michael Cremo, actually, in Forbidden Archaeology. He talked a lot about that. Yeah, well, there's many indications that that's the case. And I go even further, because there was an aquatic time in humankind that we lived in the sea. I believe and the I same believe thing. That the yeah, did he say the same thing? Okay, yes. I believe and it. that the dolphins are also degenerated humans. Whoa, wow. I, that one is new for me. Because you can teach an ape nearly everything that a human can, yeah? True. You can make them count, and if you do a little operation on, you can even make them kind of like a speak. Um, like sign language? The small, the small chimpanzees are... are eating each other, you know, they're cannibals. They, 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 they have wars. They're, they're really like nasty humans. Uh, when we look at the dolphins, they, they sing to each other. Yeah, they have a sort of sexuality that is very human-like. Yes. They, they, and, and in our bodies, there is so much that, that indicates an aquatic past sometime. And I think it is maybe because there was so much radiation that animals had to go underwater to escape the radiation in order to survive. And then we were in the water, but something again went wrong and developed the, the, the what was developed like the dolphins who we know have four legs anyway. Yeah. Yes, I think it's very interesting that our, our nervous system, you think of our brain, our eyes, a spinal cord is all in liquid all the time, including our eyes. As we blink, we yes. re-moisturize our eyes. The most, yeah, 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 yeah. it's completely immersed in water. It never leaves water. It's almost yeah, like a jellyfish. Yeah, there is a lot of, of things indicating this aquatic existence. Yes, yeah. it definitely. And of course, our, you know, we talk about iodine and how important iodine is. And 
you only get the correct amount of iodine as a human by ingesting a lot of seafood. So that, that's a yes. one more indicator of our aquatic ancient you're history. Human, you can be born in underwater, yes? Yes. Yeah, another thing. Yes, as well. There's enough facts to, to corroborate this, but most scientists will say, oh, Mr. Sala, you are absolutely out of your mind, yes? And uh, fine, yeah? <laughs> and so these are hypotheses that I just throw in the world and say, eh, so? But I think intuition... Yeah speaks when you hear these things you feel the truth if that makes sense yes yes that's absolutely so these are for me felt truths that come to me and and i can give you many many examples of how this works how how um yeah i've had a very interesting life i mean i've yes, been in business man, but also a journalist and I, I went all over the world i spoke with all kinds of people went to many festivals like the kumba mela with millions and millions of people ah. a few times and and the feeling there with those millions to be one to to feel they take a dip in the river uh which is kind kind of well organized, but there is this feeling of unity of of belonging, yes, uh, which you also might have on festivals. Uh, yes, and for uh, people that don't know that are listening that don't know about the Kumba Mela, it's the very first festival that humans created, and it's in India. And and like Luke said, uh, it's not the first, I think, but it, it is a very important where millions of uh, Indians. Yes. Hindu people come together on four places every four years, and it's, it's, it's a mega event. Yes, for people but that don't course, know. Uh, we, in the States, we have big festivals, uh, Burning Man and other. I, I like smaller festivals, um, the, 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 the more magical, the more ritual ones, but, but the festivals are essential. We need to connect. We need to feel we're, we're humans. Yeah, not, not a bloody Facebook identity, an avatar that might be totally different. Or someone on Tinder with a picture might not be you <laughs> and the story might not be you, yeah? What it does to you, if you have to, if, if you have to, so you, ah, okay, so my age is not, you know, I'm, I'm 71, I would say, ah, maybe I'm 65. And uh, I, t- I took a picture of five years ago. Then I have to play that role and I'm corrupting compromising my identity yeah you could say i'm lying but basically that's that's corrupting my identity and identity corruption is what is so damaging to our souls and what we see in society because it makes us afraid we're insecure and insecurity leads to fear and 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 greed and and wanting to have more and being better and the winner takes all and here you have neoliberalism yes it seems that that is in a way by design we've been seeing these forces kind of nurture those things it's a result come on right yes (laughs) magic force behind it it's a result that's true as i said before the banks have done what the people wanted and now Occupy says, oh, the 1% or whatever. No. And there's nothing wrong with, with a few people making a lot of money. Yes? If, no, they, if, they, if they use it wisely and, and you need the opportunity to do that. Yeah? So to say, oh, we make everybody the same. 
that's communism. That is that is going for this 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 permanent side of of the permanent flux uh, dichotomy and 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 making everybody the same. And we know it doesn't work. It didn't work in communist uh, Russia, and it's hardly working in. China. I don't think it, it's ever worked. I, I don't th- ever. I've never seen communism work, and I don't think I ever will. <laughs> oh, I have. I have. Really? I have. I have. I've seen it work in 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 convents in oh, the religious yes. context in very small yes. focused uh, situations. Focused people where if the leader is a humble man, then it works. Right. I think that that many. And that in many uh, what we call primitive societies, this still works. Yeah, they think that the leader, uh, like uh, like in an American Indian uh, uh, situation, that the leader is you know the rich guy. No, there is a war chief and there is a, a peace chief, and the peace chief is a very poor man who keeps the whole thing together. Maybe he's the shaman, yeah. But then there's war, and, and you know the strong guy stands up and puts on his all his gear. But the functions in such a society are far more complex than just being the leader and being the great man. And Well, people get corrupted. You know, when the, when the, or you think of the leaders of some of these communist countries in the past that have become dictators, as soon as they get power, they figure out a way to consolidate that power. Yeah, but and yeah, but what we feel now, I, I live in Holland, and we are feeling that the people that are guiding us now with, with, through this, this, this corona thing have become dictators. To, no. that we live in a totalitarian state. I'm, I'm, I'm non-vaccinated because I had the disease, and I'm actually a long COVID patient, so I'm not very healthy. But I had it, and, and I'm you know, shut off from, I, I cannot go to restaurants, nowhere, nowhere, nowhere. Restaurants, museums, nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm, I'm made a pariah. I'm, I'm made a, an outcast. I, I know. It's, and, it's, and it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane and it will lead to a revolt. Yes. Yeah. Some, and and I, I believe this, this war is going to be fought out in cyberspace. When you see these stories about Facebook going down and whatever, I'm sure these are hackers. Right. Yeah, because that's the power of the small guy. But do you yeah. see, Luke, in the future, do you see the magical time, the ritual reality that we, we, we go into when we go into these rituals? Is that ever going to be the reality that we all live in all the time? Or is that something that we're always going to have to travel to? It is there. I, I yesterday I had a very small apartment in Amsterdam, and I had nine people coming for uh, for do you know cheese you know, with potatoes and bread and whatever, and it was music a guitar and we sang, and everybody felt totally happy, and nobody left being sick or being infected. Yeah, yeah? with happiness. Yes, I, I've said to people, why is there no research? looking at whether people that are in love have contacted COVID. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, isn't that an interesting concept? Yes. You know, that if you're happy, you, your immunity, your psychological immunity is much better. And, and when you're in the flow, if you are, if you, if you are in love, then your immunity is very high. 
You but, don't get it. But like you said in your writings, science has given so many things, but it has trouble with the intangible. Yes, well, so what has science given us to to be happy? Are people more happy now? I traveled a lot, and for instance, in Kathmandu, I know a lot of people, and they're very poor. And, and But when it's five o'clock, and they have their little rice and their little fire, and they sit around, they're happy. They feel related to the neighborhood, to the family, to the people. Yeah, and yes, they don't have a television and they don't have bitcoins and all that kind of stuff, and they they're jealous. They're they you know they, they they want that too. But I tell them, I said, this country, this 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 place in Nepal, Kathmandu is is the capital of 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 festivals, of festivalizations, of ritual, of, of whatever. I said, you live in a, in a, in a beautiful world with beautiful buildings and beautiful parades and pilgrimages and everything and everything. You shouldn't be jealous for the stupid Westerners who have to come here to look at you to because feel, they're not happy. Yeah, to feel spirit, they have to come there, like you're saying. That's mind-blowing yes. thought. Yeah, that's what we do. We go there, oh, well. And then we say, oh, they're so poor. We give them some money and we buy their stuff and, and, and basically disrupt our society. Like in Africa, well, oh, we're going to dig. We're going to dig and give them water. Yet thereby disrupting the social structure. The Kennedy Corps made all those holes, and and therefore the women didn't have to go and work there. So the social structure went in, the men went to the city, and so on and so on. And, and, and 20 years later, it was Sahel in the sense that it was the, 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 the vegetation was gone and everything. <sighs> we are really, our Western thinking is, is just because we are not feeling. We're not aligning ourselves with the intuition of the people that lived there for a long time, for maybe hundreds of generations, and survived. We're interfering with very stable societies. And, and the great example is, of course, uh, Australia. 45,000 years of fairly stable development. And then became the Western people, and, and yes, yeah, gone that that. I feel very sorry for yeah. Australia right now. They're actually experiencing the worst of the tyranny, I would say. Yes. And does that have anything to do with how they annihilated really their, their the, the ancestral aboriginals that lived there? Yeah. So is it, again, it's karma or it's not karma? I don't know. <laughs> well, that cause and effect. Yes, you can but, always but say it's a bad situation. I don't want to live there. Yes. But I, I live here, and, and, and people ask me, a lot of people ask me, should I go and go to Spain and live in the mountains or whatever? I said, no, live, be safe in the coming, really, I fear, very bad times. Live with your net network. Be with the people you like and love, and they will protect you. Yes. Yeah. Just, you have to speak the language. You have to be with them. Share the food. There's no one, there's nowhere you could really run to. There's nowhere to run. It's a small planet. Where are you going to run to? No. So, <laughs> join. Yes. And, and, and make those, those networks and make music and make all the, all the, all the funny things. And, and we can do that with little costs. You can, you know, to make a party doesn't cost much more. And if you have a guitar, it costs you nothing. And then, 
<laughs> maybe if you drink or you make tea, I mean, <laughs> you know how to do it. You can go in nature and find a tea. Yeah. Right. There, well, there's so much. I mean, there's so much that we can do. What's one thing that you can tell people to strengthen that connection with the divine, that, that to strengthen their spiritual connection? What, what's one technique that you can t- uh, tell people? Don't identify. If you identify with yoga, if you identify with a diet, if you identify with me too, if you identify too much, you're compromising who you are. So all these disciplines of, oh yeah, I follow this. I, I, I jump in the water at five o'clock in the morning. I go to the, to the market to buy uh, uh, healthy food and stuff like that. Yeah, those are identifications. They keep you away from who you are. I mean, it, it sounds silly, but but you are you are perfect, and, and it, your your body will it, tell you exactly what you need all the time. And so, then, what is the true self, Luke? What would you tell people is the true self? <laughs> the thing is, the true self is the not self. Is once you get to that state. You realize you're one with everything. Yes, it sounds mystical, but but there is no true self because in the end there is no self. There is there is something which unites us, which you could call God or whatever. And the mystical would say, the mystical people would say, you know, you feel God and you feel God in everything. And it's not only in other people; it's in everything. Every atom of this of this uh, manifestation has to have this this ingredient this this dimension of consciousness so you can say that that that, that's us that that god or whatever that is we are that yeah but yeah yeah if you and maybe i've been lucky but i realize that every I'm, i'm sitting in a room and that every atom in this room is here for me and they're all co-conspiring to bring me to enlightenment, even whatever enlightenment means, but to, to a higher, a higher connectedness. Wow. That's, that's such yeah. an interesting way to look at things. Uh, I mean, once I, I, I fell over a little pebble on Pebble Beach <laughs> in California, and I took this pebble home and I wrote a poem about it. And, um, I became aware that that pebble, all through his 40 million years of lifetime, was waiting for the moment it could trip me into awareness. Because that's what it did. It's been waiting and waiting and waiting. And then finally, this guy trips over me as a stone. And realizes that the stone is there for 40,000 years waiting for him. And that was a moment of revelation, of, of understanding that every atom in the universe is there for you. We're all connected. And this is, this is what I can say, but this is what, of course, the, the non-locality theory of the, of the quantum physics say. Everything is related. I mean, that is in itself a revelation. Well, I got to tell you what else is a revelation, this entire interview. I mean, it's been incredible talking to you, Luke. You're incredible. Oh. It, this, your thinking mind is just 
incredible. We could talk probably for 10 hours straight, but unfortunately we are running out of time, but I do want to tell yeah, people. Call me another time. Oh yes, yeah. No. And, uh, We're going to do this again for sure. We will definitely have you back on the show many times, as many times as you want to come okay. on. And in okay. fact, anytime that you want to come on, you just let me know. But I want to tell people where to find listen, you. Listen, I'm, I try to be a little humble in the sense that you have to understand that whatever I tell you is not mine. Right. It came to me. It was given to me. I have never dis- I have discovered things, but I have never invented anything. It comes to me to what I would call magical means. And, and some people will say, yeah, but you have read this in a book and then it comes out. Fine. It's not me. I'm just a little, how you say, uh, conduit. Yes, a, a little loudspeaker who, who vocalizes what is there, like a circuit. And all of us are. And 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 I had a party here, and and I, I appreciate what the people come to bring to me in their courage in these days, in their in their trying to stand up to what. They, they feel is, is wrong to to be able to share to 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 show to other people where they stand and that is amazing so i think this is very beautiful times because individuals can learn to to show who they are and this is where i again refer to saint exupery and then and, and, and people like that who in the, the big war in france to the war learned who are who they are yes and and even through that conflict but and that's part of our evolution i mean that that is what you're talking about we're talking about personal evolution and like going somewhere yes The, the, the the reason for manifestation is that everything has a purpose and a direction i don't know the direction i don't know the purpose but i've learned or I have internalized that this is true. And that makes me a believer. And, and people ask, oh, do you believe in God? Yeah, yeah, not in the guy with the beard and stuff like that. But I believe in a interconnecting force that holds everything together. Yes. And strangely, that Here's interconnected that. force can interact with you personally in your every moment, which is interesting, I think. Yeah, maybe that's because, uh, I don't know. There's something going on there. But man, Luke, we, like I said, we could talk forever. You're an incredible, incredible mind. So that's why I want to tell people where to find you. www.lukesala.nl. Lukesala.nl. That's his main website. You can find a lot of his writings there. In fact, a lot of his books are there. Also, yeah, also go to, to um, researchgate or academia.edu or on YouTube. I, I had a television station called Clearnet uh, or my name and yes. many, many interviews with interesting people uh, who were my teachers. Some of the best interviews with some of the best people, the best thinkers of that time. Ken Kesey, Ram Dass, Albert Hoffman, Shulgin, incredible thinkers. And like Luke said, you can find that at academia.edu and a lot of his papers are there. And like I said, if you go to lukesala.nl, his books are there and they're all free. They're all free. Ritual, the magical perspective, identity. 
Well, thank you, Luke, so much for being here. And everyone, this has been an incredible okay. interview. We'll see you next week. Midnight on Earth.